when you live in Gaylord, and, and I watch a lot, we love to watch those shows from Alaska. And I, I think we like to watch it because it makes us feel better about living in Gaylord. <laughs> we think we have it bad, but they have it way worse, you know. And, I mean, in the winter, they don't even see daylight. There, there's a time when it just never gets dark or daylight. It's like, I don't know if I could deal with that. At least we get it for a few hours. I love vacationing. I've seen so many of my friends posting pictures of being all over the place. But Michigan's a beautiful place to visit, isn't it? And then we have those of you who are gardeners. And, you know, thank you, Dawn, and your family for taking care of all our plants. She had to rescue a couple of them because they were dying because we weren't watering them. And Sorry about that. Ah, but, you know, it's a gift to take care of those plants. How many have green thumbs? Raise them high. Get a picture of who they are. No, I'm just messing with you, maybe. And then we got guys like Ron that love to golf. He chases a golf ball around everywhere. I just don't get it. You know, it's, but it's like people looking at me fishing. It's like, poor little fish, you hook them and you throw them back. I don't even eat them. There's so many fun things to do in the summer, right? That's why I love summer. And I think the best part is when you walk out the door, if you still remember this, you don't get hit with that frigid blast of cold air. You know which one I'm talking about? Oh, it's coming back. It's not gone forever. We're blessed. Ironically, and, and this is where the message is going, as we enjoy all that God has made around us, the beauty, the nature, we've been watching a doe and a fawn for the last few days eating Pastor Barb's myrtle. Somebody said they don't eat myrtle. Yes, they do. But the, the little... Fawn is so doggone cute. I couldn't run them off. I was like, oh, you go ahead and eat our myrtle. You know, I just wanted it to be healthy, and the mama was skinny. And I'm like, go ahead, mama, eat it up. In the midst of all of this, the nice weather and so on, how many find it difficult to feed their spirits? We forget. Ron, do you think about God when you're casting and catching them big ones? Do you say, thank you, Lord, for that trophy bass that you just caught? I'm just putting you on the spot because I don't either. No, I'm thinking about catching the next one so I can stay ahead of Troy and Sarah. Put another way. When the weather is nice, it seems more difficult to seek the Lord and to pray. I felt like the Lord said to me, and, and this is kind of where I started when I first came up. He said, you cannot live on yesterday's crumbs. You need to maintain your spirit. You cannot live on yesterday's crumbs. You need to maintain your spirit. So how do you do this? How do you maintain your spirit? I want to look at a few passages of Scripture today, and hopefully they'll just 
help you to see what I'm saying here. Because I can talk all day long, as many of you know. But without the Holy Spirit, without the Word of God involved, it's fluff. People who seek the Lord end up receiving or reaping a reward. People who seek the Lord reap reward. That's the title of today's message. And I just want you to understand that God wants this relationship with us, and it's always by choice. But if you choose to honor him in your life, in your family, in your home, in your finances, etc., you can't outgive the Lord. You can't. And he will prove that. You try. You try to spend more time with God and see what happens. You're going to see quickly that he shows up in such big ways. Revelation will start to come to you. Things that you were questioning for years and years are just going to all of a sudden become clear. That's because you've spent time with the Master. That's what God wants from us. And by reward, I'm referring to how, how God blesses and prospers those who live righteously. And, and, and again, by living righteously, there are things we can throw out. But I'm talking about whole health. Physically, spiritually. And we do this simply by spending time with Him. For some of you, you worship Him, right? You love it. You just you can't get your day started until you're just like, come on, come on, Daddy. Can I call him that? Come on, Daddy. Come on, Father. I need you today. I need the Holy Spirit. Amp me up today. Charge me up. Put a new fire in me. Amen? Don't, don't be living off the fumes. Say, come on, Lord, get that combustion chamber going today. What do you got for me? Who am I going to minister to? Don't always make it a selfish prayer. We're supposed to be, and Pastor Barb said this, we're supposed to be generous. That's not just with your finance. That's with everything about you. Every little dot and pimple. God wants to use you. I know, that sounds funny, but I'm, I'm being serious. Whoever you are, every piece of you God put there. And he will use it if you let him. And that's what the Lord is looking to do with this church, this people, with our families, with individuals. Hallelujah. So recently I was reminded, and I, when I saw this, I went, oh man, I'm going to tuck that away for an offering. And then the Lord said, no, you're not. I want you to share it this Sunday. And I went, oh man. Because I always try to put stuff away for the future, you know. So I don't always have to go digging stuff up. But here we go. Acts chapter 10. I'm going to read this. Oh, and by the way, in case you, did you notice the, yeah. So when I saw this, I was like, I got to do this because the kids are in here. And the one on the left are the parents. And, and the, uh, the, the other three are the, I just thought it was kind of fitting. Anyhow, I had to tell you that. In Caesarea. There lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius. How many have heard of him before? All right. Who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. Woohoo! This guy had it going. All right. He was the head of his house spiritually, and he led his family right. 
All of us could learn from this. And then it says, and this is my red letters, he gave generously to the poor and he prayed, what? Regularly to God. Now listen, God knows we're busy people. And as far as timing and how often you pray, that's between you and him, but let there be a time that you pray. I don't know who that was. Somebody's phone went off. I believe the Lord is encouraging us today. Children, pray. And what does it mean to pray? Thank you. Talk to God. He wants that relationship with you. And only you, only you can determine whether or not you're going to be a prayer person. Hallelujah. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. How many would go, uh oh? Anybody ever see an angel coming at him? All right. Did you? You have seen him? Okay. I'm not, I'm not questioning that because sometimes he does reveal himself. He said, Cornelius! <laughs> Cornelius, what? Stared at him in terror, which is probably what most of us would do if the dude in the big white suit came in with, I don't know if he had a sword. Maybe just, I don't know. What is it, sir? See, he's polite. He, he, he runs a regiment, so he, he understands who's in authority, Right? What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replies, oh, I love this. Was he asking for it? No. Did he need to hear it? Apparently. Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Do you know every time that you bend a knee <laughs> to your heavenly father, it's an offering to him. He looks for his kids. And, and it, it, as I see it, when I get around my, my little grandson and I put my arm around him and he just looks up at me, I see God doing that with us. And when we bend a knee and we start crying out to him, maybe it's good things. Maybe you're just thanking him for that big fish he just caught. You've got to tell me how, what happened because you never told me Friday. We need to understand that God wants that kind of relationship with us. And in this case, he's telling him, I have heard you, son. I have heard you. And I think that's awesome. This shows us that our prayers matter, right? Cornelius spent time talking to God. This should be a part of every one of our lives. And his generosity was making a difference in that community. If it wasn't, God wouldn't, wouldn't have said that. He wouldn't have said, I've noticed. I receive your offering. And this also shows that God notices not only what we do, but how we do it. God notices. The result for Cornelius was that he and his family were the first non-Jewish people, Gentiles, 
to be born again and filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. How cool is that? The first ones, at least, that are identified. So what does this tell us? It says God gave them himself. God gave them himself. And he wants to do the very same thing for each one of us. He wants to give us himself. But do we allow it? Do we let him? Do we get that far into our relationship with him? Cornelius' story also shows that it takes effort on our part to touch the heartstrings of God. It takes effort. Every day we get to decide whether or not we'll call on the Lord. Sometimes for his help, sometimes just to say thank you. You know, it's okay if you don't have a bunch of wah-wah things in your life. I mean, I'm sure the Lord doesn't mind when we come to him like that, but I'm sure he also appreciates it when once in a while we just go, hey, thank you for that week vacation. Thank you for helping me catch those big fish. I say that a lot. Every day we get to make the decision whether or not we're going to pray and spend time with him and, and even worship him. Meaning, you know, when we get down on our knees, on our face, and we just say, I could not live without you. How many of you do that? A couple hands going up. Good to know. When we do, when we live like this, God notices. When we don't live like this, God notices. Hello? How many want God's blessing? I do too. Then that means we need to live holy and pure lives. We need to live righteously. Prayer, fasting, Nobody likes to fast, but sometimes it, it just does something in the Spirit. It breaks things in the Spirit when we fast. And of course, I, I always add this, you need to make sure you can, if you're on medicines, doctor-prescribed stuff, you know, make sure it's okay. Or, or come up with another way to do it. It doesn't have to be food. Worship the Lord. Be generous with what you've been given. Spend time with him. And this is so important. You know, I could go through this whole list of things, prayer and fasting and worship and all of that, singing songs to God, honoring him. But what he really wants is you. What he really wants is a relationship with you. And he wants to know that he is number one in your life. How many are willing to put forth this kind of effort to obtain the blessings of God? Not everybody. Not all of you raised them. Maybe you're tired. I know, I've had you do it a few times now. By the way, and, and mainly because children are in here and teenagers, kids, young people, don't wait till you're 21 to do what I'm talking about here today I'm telling you right now that if even the little ones and I don't see too many in here but your little five six seven year olds when they're on fire for the Lord 
And even when they hit this adult age here where I'm the man, I'm, I'm just messing with you. God loves it when our kids come to him. And you guys are in a place where you can really float God's boat. Because when you come to him, it means something. You got all this stuff you're facing every day of your life. Stuff The world is throwing things at you guys that never threw at us. And when you come to him and you say, Father, I just want to know you're hearing me today. I just want you to know I want you to be in my life today. You are going to bless God's socks off. And he's going to pour out such a blessing into your lives. Let him do it. Let him do it. Don't wait till you're old. Too many people do that. They wait till they're 70 years old. Hey, yeah, I think I'm going to get spiritual now. That's great. I'm glad you did. But man, you missed so many good years. Hmm. Where do you begin? First. Know that God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. When you pray and seek the Lord, you will find Him. The Lord told the prophet Jeremiah to proclaim this good news to a people who were in servitude to the Babylonians. For 70 years, they served other governments. Everything they knew had been ripped out from under them. The way of life, everything. The way they worshipped, it was gone. They were desperate for good news. I suspect somebody in this room today, maybe several of you need to hear some good news. You know, you've been hearing the bad stuff. Every phone call as, as a collector, every you're just wore out. These people were wore out. If that's you, lift your hands. So God can see him. You just need some good news. You just, you just need to know God's in your court. Amen. You can put them down. And I share this passage often because it really ministers to me, but that's the background of when Jeremiah shared this right here. For I know the plans I have for you. And who's he speaking for? God. The Lord is saying this through the prophet to his people. I know the plans I have, you, have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days, when you pray, you know, if I stopped right there and just didn't say another word, that should be enough. When we pray, God listens. He hears you. If you look for me wholeheartedly, and I think that's the key, you will find me. And when I was young, when I was a teenager, I didn't understand, I didn't figure God out. I still haven't figured him out, but I'm a little better than I was when I was 13. And I just remember I, I went to this class they called catechism class. And I, I I really wanted a relationship with God, but it was just all this warm and fuzzy stuff. They didn't really tell us what to do. It wasn't until later that I learned that when I started to pray, when I really went after God with my whole heart, 
and I was serious about it, that's when God showed up. He met me right where I was. I've had experiences where every fiber, every cell in my body was on fire in a good way from the static of the Holy Spirit. And everybody in this room can experience that same thing. You just got to be serious about it. Go after him wholeheartedly. Say wholeheartedly. Plans for good, not disaster. God has a plan for good and not disaster. And listen to me. Some of you need to repeat this passage over and over until it resonates in your spirit. My paraphrase of what the prophet said was this. When you pray and seek the Lord, when you pour your heart out to God, He will hear you. And that's what He wants. He wants a genuine relationship. Not not some made-up thing where you just bumble a bunch of prayers over and over. You've learned them maybe when you are a kid. He wants to know what's on your heart. Jesus said something similar in Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. And he's talking about a relationship with God. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everybody who knocks. It can't get any clearer than that. Jesus is saying, get with it. Pray. Seek Him. Are you going through something you can't deal with? Then what are you doing? Ask Him about it. Ask for help. Lord, put some people in my path that are going to lift me up, not tear me down. Knock on those doors of opportunity. Lord, I need a better job. It's okay. Ask Him. He gives you permission. (laughs) It doesn't get any better than this. This is God's very nature. He's telling us to ask, seek, knock. And keep on doing it over and over and over and over and over. Are you going to bore God with your asking, seeking, knocking? He's telling you to. He gives you permission to, so do it. And this shows us that the effort we put into seeking the Lord will be rewarded by Him. Not only by Him, but with Him. He blesses us with His Spirit. How many agree that's some really good news? To follow that up, let me ask you this. How many of you have a hunger for more of God? Hallelujah. Good. Most of your hands went up. A couple of you young people didn't raise it. I'm sorry. You're missing out. Besides being sidetracked by summer and all the fun things that we have to do, there's another thing Christians have to be really careful about. And that's the toxic environment that we live in. You know, Christians can lose interest when they're being bombarded with so many negative things over and over and over. And, and by the way, Martha Joe did a great job last week. 
talking about the, what influences our lives. If you haven't heard it, go back on our archive, live stream archive, and, and listen to that message. It was really good. It ministered to me. Today, I shared Jeremiah 29 because the Israelites had been forced into slavery and everything around them was toxic. It was a world they really didn't know and they didn't want to be there, but that's where they were at. And what was God saying to them? It doesn't matter where you're at. You still have a hope and a future. And I want you to prosper. And that means whole health. It's not just finance. It can be finance. But more than that, it's really knowing who you are and liking that person. Some of us need to really understand this because we go through, we look in the mirror and we go, who's that ugly old person? I had to be careful. You know what I'm saying? And God's saying, look, you have me. I'm in you. When you look in that mirror, don't look at that ugly old person if that's who you think it is. Look at me, because I'm in you. You were created in the image of God, in His likeness. You think God made a mistake? He didn't. So you just need to rebuke that thought and get back into the, the business of loving the Lord and, and agreeing with Him. God said, I have a hope and a future. He has a plan for me, for my life. He wants to do stuff. If I'll let him. If I'll let him in the door. God told the Israelites through Jeremiah that he had a plan in the future. A plan to bless them and not harm them. And I hope everybody in this room knows that. This still applies to us today. This isn't just for Israel. This is for all of God's people. And we need to grab hold of this message. It may be difficult to think about what's coming at you tomorrow, let alone far into your future. But when you put God first in your life, when you seek Him with all of your heart, He will hear your prayers. Every passage I've shared today says that. And when your heart hurts, you're not alone. He's there with you to help you get through it. So many of us, I saw this recently, so many of us, we want God just to get rid of the things that are difficult when God's saying, no, you need this. It's when we go through the difficult things in life that we really begin to understand who God is. Imagine what it must be like to be the creator of the universe and he has to let us go and do our own thing and watch us stumble and trip and throw up on ourselves and do all kinds of things that we shouldn't do. And he wants to stop us, but because of that free will thing, he lets us go until we get to that place where we're at the edge and somebody said, don't jump off. And I'm not going to, but we're at the edge doing this. And we have a choice. We can either fall off or what? 
God, help. Jesus, if you can't say anything else, remember that name. Jesus. <laughs> right? Say it with me. Jesus. That name above all names, Jesus. The Son of God, Jesus. Our Deliverer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! So God has a plan for you, a plan to prosper you. Number one. Second, there are times when believers must reevaluate their lives, readjust their spiritual walk, and re-engage with their Heavenly Father in a fresh, new way. That's what I was talking about when I started. When you had that up there in that lyrics, I was like, man, that's exactly where I'm going. Now, this passage, an another one from Jeremiah, and the Lord said this through him. He said, call to me, this is the message, call to me and I will answer you. Read it with me. Call to me and I will answer you. I'll tell you marvelous and wonderful things that you could never figure out on your own. Again, Jesus said, ask, seek, knock. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Don't ever stop. Keep that relationship hot, on fire. And then when you find yourself in that pickle, when everything's kind of coming against you, how many have ever been in a job, maybe a new job, and I'm raising my hand, and all of a sudden you realize, I don't know what to do. But it's my job to do. Oh, you're raising your hand. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> He's a dermatologist. So anyway, we'll. Oh, Roger raised his hand too. <laughs> I guess. I think that's what he was. Unless he needs something. I don't know. When I worked at General Motors years ago, I found myself in this place where we had a half a million dollar engine hand built. And this was in the 80s, so that's a, a lot of money back then. It still is, but the last thing I wanted to do was fry that motor. Because if I did, it'd probably be what? My job. And the Lord showed up. I prayed. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. And he showed up. He helped me figure it out within minutes, all right? Same thing happened when we took over children's ministry in Lansing years ago. This is now in the 90s. New job. Did I know what I was doing? No. And the Holy Spirit showed up. I prayed, God, you got to help me. What are we going to do with 500 children? They expect us to do something with them. And he started downloading things into my wife and I, into our team. That was heaven sent. And we had an on-fire ministry. We went from 500 kids to a couple thousand. And that's not a boast. That's just to say I give God all the glory. Because <laughs> I'm being honest with you. I didn't know what I was doing. So when you find yourself in those places, 
And it may not just come to you. It may be that God provides somebody to show up that has the ability. Whatever it is, give him the glory. But you can ask him. If you don't know how to raise your kid, ask him for heaven-sent ideas. Because a lot of us, we don't have a clue. The key is, ask. Ask. All right? This message is also intended to be a warning. It's during the most prosperous times that God's people often lose sight of him. And I kind of started with that. We forget that God is our source and no other. Amen? We see this clearly in a story found in 2 Chronicles chapter 15. And the background is, with the Lord's help, the nation of Judah, the Israelites, they had this, this fight they were going into, and their enemy outnumbered them two to one. They had a million soldiers Judah only had a half a million, even a little less than that. And they were supposed to go out there and do something serious. How many know that you find yourself in a situation like that, it can be a little scary, right? And they were scared. And then God showed up. They went to him and they said, Lord, we need your help. And they got the victory. God gave them the victory. And when they returned, they had so much plunder. You know what that is, right? Lots of stuff, including cattle. Everybody go, moo. Including cattle. They had everything that somebody in that time period would have wanted. And this is when the prophet decided to pop out on the road as they returned victoriously with the sound of moo. That meaning prosper, prospering, prosper, cows meant prosperity. Okay? Any kind of cattle, livestock, whatever. They were in a good place. Everybody say that. They were in a good place. And now enter the prophet. Then the spirit, sorry, then the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Od- Oded. He is the prophet. And he went out to meet King Asa as he was returning from battle. The guy hadn't even got his armor off yet. And here comes this God-man, belting out orders. I love how he does this. Listen to me, Asa, he shouted. <laughs> whoa, whoa, who's this dude? Hey. Secret service. They didn't have it back then, apparently. Listen to me, Asa, he shouted. Listen, all of you people of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. We're going to get into this more. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. Now, I know you're already thinking it. Well, I thought the Lord said in Hebrews that he will never leave us or forsake us. That's somebody that has a relationship with him. That's somebody that calls on his name. 
on a regular basis. Don't ever think that he isn't going to leave you because he might. And we're going to, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you this. All right, here we go. I'm going to keep going. Say this with me. The Lord will stay with you as long as you seek him. See, there's a little asterisk there. It requires something from us. If we're just going through this life like there's no tomorrow, never thinking about spiritual things, never thinking about God, never cracking that Bible open. Next one. But if you abandon, say it with me, but if you abandon him, he will abandon you. That's pretty harsh. You know, God's merciful. And we're saved by grace, not by works. Let's get that clear. But it's really up to us whether or not we let God into our lives, whether we're going to serve him. The next part of this in, in the next few verses, for a long time Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach them, without the law to instruct them. But whenever they were in trouble and turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him out, they found him. This is good news for us. And it, it's been my experience that, that many of us are like this. Usually, the only time that God really hears from us, let's say Norm, the only time God ever hears from Norm is when Norm is having an issue. Whoops. I, I don't know why the IRS is coming at me. Lord, you got to help. You know, I haven't talked to him for a year, but now all of a sudden, it's, it's urgent. And that's how we are. And I'm just using the IRS as an example. It's nothing, nothing pointed at the IRS, okay? I don't, I'm not anti-government, but just what I'm trying to do is make a point that it's when we get into hot water, into trouble, as I like to call it, into a pickle, that's when we are most apt to cry out. And the rest of the time, it's like, who are you, Lord? Hello? How many of you like God in the back seat, not in the driver's seat? But thankfully, God's gracious, and we cry out. When we cry out to Him, He still helps. He's not a mean ogre like some. I heard George Carlin do some. He called it comedy. I was saddened by it, but he just blew up the church, blew up faith, blew up God. I don't know where he's at today. I mean, he died, and I don't know where. I'd, I'd like to think he's with the Lord, but he had no place for him. God wants us to maintain our spiritual connection with him all the time, not just when things get tough for us. And then the prophet, he goes on to describe the situation. He says, during those dark times, how many of you have ever been in dark times? It wasn't even safe to travel. You know, when you read the news today, it ain't safe to travel. Right? I mean, there are countries right now, they're saying, don't go there. There are cities in Mexico, they're saying, don't go there. Why? Because there's danger. It ain't safe. 
Problems troubled the people of every land. Nation fought against nation, city against city, for God was troubling them. What? God was doing this? Huh. What? Did you know that? I thought we served a good God, a loving God. Doesn't God love us? Yes, too much to let us go to hell without trying to get our attention. When we're serving Him, when we're living righteously, you don't have to worry about this stuff. It's, it's when you're not, when you've abandoned God, that all this kind of stuff happens. Would you look at our nation and ask me this, or tell me this, do we need God to intervene? If this is the Lord, and, and I'm suspecting it could be, troubling them with every kind of problem. Ah! When's it going to end, Lord? And then he says this to the believers. But as for you, be strong and courageous. For your work, work, he calls it work. Your work will be rewarded. What is he talking about? The way you live life. Every effort you make to serve Him, to worship Him, to pray to Him, to have that relationship with Him, to help others, everything you do, that work will be rewarded. So you may find yourself in a similar place to where these folks are. Be strong and courageous. Don't let the world whittle you down to nothing. God is so much bigger than your problems. My paraphrase of what the prophet was saying to King Asa and his people is this. No matter your surroundings, don't let anything else influence you. Spend your time honoring God. Thank Him for His daily provision. Let your light shine among men. And when you live like this, you will, hello, you will get the victory. And be well compensated. There's coming a day when we're going to stand in heaven and the Lord's going to look at us. Ah, Norm. My good and faithful servant. I hope I hear those words. My good and faithful servant. Because you lived like this for me. Come in. I have so much for you. Such a rich reward. Here's your bank account number. I don't know what it's going to look like, but there's some kind of currency in heaven. And we're going to be rewarded. I don't know if he's going to show us every person we influence. Every person we touched with the good news. Every time we bit our tongue and didn't curse that person out that needed to be cursed out. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know that somehow, some way, God knows, and He's going to reward us. When Asa heard this message from Azariah the prophet, he took courage and he removed all the detestable idols from the land of Judah and Benjamin, and in the towns he had captured in the hills, 
hill country of Ephraim, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which stood in front of the entry of the Lord's temple. The king heeded Azariah's advice, which was really God's advice. And the people of Israel, the people of Judah, did an about-face spiritually. First they repented. Then they tore down these false gods that were plaguing Judah at the time. It doesn't take much. A little fox can spoil the whole vine. Some little sin can destroy your relationship that you have with God. What is it that's keeping the Lord from showing up big in your life? You need to repent. And you need to start over and get rid of these things that are plaguing you. And as the prophet said, by coming back to God like this, by making Him number one, Judah was ensuring, Israel was ensuring their legacy and their prosperity. Their name was going to go on, and it has. It has. So what do we do with this? Modern times. We see this example in the Old Testament. There's this cycle, if you haven't already seen it, and it shows how the people lived in this, this pattern of rebellion, affliction, then repentance, and then deliverance. Rebellion, affliction, then repentance, and deliverance. And it also shows how God forgives. Thank you, thank the Lord. <laughs> if we got what we deserved, and He blesses His people when they have this kind of repenting attitude. In a modern context, when we get comfortable... Forget where the blessings of God come from. That leads to a type of judgment or affliction that He actually brings on. And it's not so much that He sends it as, as, as it is that He just pulls His hand off. His hedge of protection is removed. That's what He does. And it's almost like He's saying to us, Okay, you got it. You got it all together here. Show me. Go through this life without me. Your source, your supplier, your provider, Jehovah Jireh. Hallelujah. Go ahead. And the result is going to be pain and affliction. Until we see the folly of abandoning God. Until we repent of our sin. But when we get serious, and here's the good news. When we get serious with the Lord. And we begin to clean house. That means to get rid of the idols. Anything that is ungodly is an idol. Anything. Anything that has a, a higher status in your life than the Lord is an idol. 
when we get rid of these things, the Lord forgives us and delivers us from our enemies. Praise His holy name. So how do we avoid this destructive cycle? We never take God's blessing for granted. Hello? Say that with me. We never take God's blessing for granted. We are such a rich nation. If you haven't figured that out, just talk to somebody who lives somewhere else. I'm not going to say there aren't a few nations, probably smaller in population, that they've got some stuff going on. They might be a little bit wealthier than us, but I promise you, this nation has been amazing and awesome. And it's because God's blessing has been on us for so many years. But I believe we're at a turning point. We are like King Asa. We've had all the fat, all of this wealth. We've got the... Right? How many can go to the grocery store today and find some... And for those sick people who are vegetable eaters, you can find that too. No, I'm not. I'm just messing with you. God bless you. I just, I don't have the, but I don't have the self-control. Anyway, stay on target, Norm. We are a rich people, and it's because God has blessed us, but we've, we've forgotten what our source is, who our source is. And this nation is spiraling right now because of that. And I want to tell you this. We could see it turn. I believe that. I don't know that we will, but we could. But it's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's something Joshua said. All right? And if, if you go back to what I just said, even if all this stuff is coming at us, we just need to be courageous and not lose faith. And God has got you. You might be one person in the middle of a million people. He's still capable and will keep you safe. You got nothing to worry about as long as you have a relationship with Him. He knows you by name and you know Him. Daddy, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. To begin to close, say this with me. The Lord is with you as, as long as you seek Him. But on the flip side, say it with me. If you abandon the Lord, He will abandon you. Seek the Lord, you will reap reward title of today's message again jeremiah 29 11 said god has a plan for us a plan to prosper us and not to harm us a plan for a hope in a future he's got stuff for you and i to do are we listening are we asking are we seeking are we knocking or are we just going through our little life oh nobody likes me I'm all alone. 
God loves you. He doesn't just like you. He loves you. Start there. You'll find that that other stuff, will it, it'll just take care of itself. You put God first. You spend time with Him in that secret place that many of us have. That place you call a prayer closet or a basement or a dungeon or whatever it is. For some of you, it's just going out into the woods where you're traveling those oil lines, fixing things, and you're thinking, you're seeing. God is all around you, and you're just like, Hallelujah, I got the best job in the world. That's the kind of relationship he wants, a daily thing. Figure out what he wants to do with you. He is your hope. He is your future. Did you know this? Jesus is the fulfillment of that very passage. Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13. Jesus was the fulfillment of that prophecy. He is your hope and your future. Without him, we'd have nothing. When we put our trust in Jesus, everything else pales in comparison. The problems They don't mean as much. Because you know God's got you. (laughs) He's got your back, your front, your top, your bottom. Yeah, even your bottom. God has got you when you put your trust in Jesus. He is the fulfillment of you have a bright future and a hope. But you have got to put your faith and your trust in Him. For this to come to pass, to be one of God's kids, you have to say yes to Jesus. (laughs) And many of us have done that. But I don't know, there could be somebody here today that has not done that. You know what? I don't need religion. I'm not asking you to join religion. I'm not asking you to join a church. We'd love to have you, but that's not the point. The point is having a relationship. With the one who loves you, who created you in his image. Every freckle, every pimple, every hair that falls off, God knows. Scripture says that, you know. I don't know about the pimple, but the hair part. That's how much he loves you. He's intimate with you. Before you even come to him, he is intimate with you. Hallelujah! But you got to make that decision. Am I going to follow him? Do I really want to be accountable to the master of the universe, the king of all creation? Do I want to spend forever with him? Or do I just want to keep kicking the can down the road and just see what comes at me? See what the devil can give me. Woo-hoo! Boy, aren't you wealthy. That was being facetious. On the other side of this thing, and, and going back to King Asa, there's a reason the prophet had to go and talk to him. They must have been at that place where they were letting things go spiritually. They were like, you know, look, at we got the victory. Hey, good job, man. High five, high ten, right? And apparently nobody said, forgot 
head of the house. I'm talking to you right now. Spiritual person. Whoever it is that leads in your home. If it's you, it's you. Huh? Buck stops with you. You know, we can only give responsibility to things happening so much to others. Eventually, we got to stop and say, it's my fault. It's my fault. I need to change. God hasn't moved. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. So it's got to be me. If your kids are going to hell in a handbasket, guess what? It's you. Just telling you. It is what it is. How do you change it? Like Asa, King Asa. You can't leave anything untended. You need to tear down those idols in your home. I don't know what they look like. I don't know. I'm not even going to begin to say it. You need to build the temple within you. This is holy. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God wants to live in you. But you got to make sure this, this, this is ready for him. Because he ain't going to share this with a bunch of idols. Could be TV. What are you watching? What are you letting come in on that? In the old days, we called it the boob tube. Remember those gigantic tubes? Now they're like this big. Ten feet wide. You walk in and that person on the TV is as big as you are. And as awesome as that'd be if it was Jesus talking to you, a lot of times it isn't. A lot of times it's something else. And what does that do? Does that draw us closer to the Lord when we see that woman in bed with a guy? Our little heart goes pitter-patter, right? Because we were designed that way. But that's not going to make your relationship with him any better. And these are things that all of us need to really weigh out and decide. Is the Lord speaking to me here? Is the Holy Spirit speaking to me here? You as the head of the house, whoever you are. You need to repent, do an about face, clean house, and seek the Lord. Make him number one again. You want God's blessing? That's how you do it. Three little things. Just stand with me. I don't often do this, and, and I'm not. I'm going to do something different today, but normally I would have you come up here, get before the Lord, because the frying pan's hot. Right? I'm not going to do that today. I want you to take this home. 
I want you to go home or back to your room or wherever you're living right now and just say, Lord, how does this apply to me? What do you want me to do with this? Do I need to get rid of some things in my house, in my life? Maybe it's a person. And again, going back to what Martha Joe said, maybe you are being influenced by somebody that is the spawn of the devil. And they're taking you down a path, and I don't know who this is for, they're taking you down a path that's going to end up in your death spiritually and physically you got to cut that cord whoever this is you know you know who i'm talking to because the holy spirit has already been speaking to you it'd be a a man a woman whatever that's between you and god but take this message home please don't just go out of here and go oh, yeah. okay i'm done no, the Lord wants a relationship with you. This is how you build it. I'm looking at this whole little family right here of boys. <laughs> They're all staring at me like, would you get done? I'm hungry. You guys, God's speaking to you right now. Which one's the oldest? Is it David? David, raise your hand. You. God's asking you, lead your brothers. You're the oldest. He, he has something for you that you can't get anywhere else. The power of the Holy Spirit. The love of God. He wants to put that in you, but you've got to take these steps and love your brothers guide them lead them in the right path okay can you hear me is this are you feeling like god's speaking to you a little bit here okay because i really trust i believe this is for you today and your brothers your whole family's going to be you're just going to all go Woo! hallelujah raise your hand raise your hand will you david just just say this with me lord show me how to be a big brother and to lead my little brothers to you. All right? Now trust him. Say it in Jesus' name. Thank you. I love you, man. I wouldn't have pointed you out if that wasn't important. God was doing something there. Hallelujah. Whoa, it's afternoon. No wonder they're hungry. Would you pray this prayer with me? Father, if I've blown it in any way, I repent. I ask you to forgive me. Today, I want to do a 180. Help me when I get home to ask you, what do I need to get rid of? What idols need to go bye-bye? Lord, I want you to be number one in my family, in me. And I ask right now, I humbly ask right now, 
that you will fill me up anew, afresh. You'll put a new fire in me today. The fire of the Holy Spirit. And then I'll be on fire for you. All the days that I have left. And I pray this in the lovely, wonderful, amazing name of God, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. You have the victory in Jesus. Now show them what that means. Love you guys. Have a great week in Jesus. God bless.